0: Right. Good morning, everybody. You guys thankful to be here? Thankful that Jesus is alive. He is risen. Hey, great. Some of you grew up in a church like that. We say the pastor says he is risen, then you're supposed to say he's risen indeed. Let's try it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Woo! He's alive. So thankful that we serve a God that is living and active and not dead and dull and boring. He's here with us. Hopefully you felt the nearness of his presence during worship. It's just so right when we, God's creation, exalt his name. It, there's just something about it that your soul says, Yes! I was made for this! I was made for God. Isn't that great? You were not made for the things of this world. You were made for him. Everything else is just, you know, it, it, it can be a blessing or a distraction, however you see it, but, uh, but we were made for him. And what we just did for just a few minutes is a glimpse of the beautiful amazing gift that we get to do for eternity which is exalt his name let me give you a little hint a little little teaser for where I'm going this morning you're not going to be bored when you're doing that for eternity exalting his name he's so worthy of it amen amen all right well hey just a couple reminders before we jump into the message this morning but after the service we're going to have a little uh, kind of post-service hangout and party they got a little bounce house up there. We're gonna have some free food. We're gonna have an Easter egg hunt for the kids. So stick around after the service and this fellowship with us. Would be amazing. Also, next week we are gonna do some baptisms. Everybody say baptisms! Woo 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 woo! Baptism is celebration. We've got at least two folks that are gonna be getting baptized tomorrow after the service, right outside. Um, but if if you have never been baptized or you just feel like it's time just to get right with the Lord, then I want you to really be thinking about that. There's a way you can sign up. There's a form you can fill out, but we're going to be doing baptisms after church. It's a celebration. We love to do that celebrate the new life and the change that God's doing in people's lives. So. Join us next Sunday. Then last quick announcement is we have this little kind of class that we call Intro to Antioch. And what that is is simply for the new folks or newer folks that want to hear more about our church and how you can get connected to our church. We're going to do this in about a month from now. We just want to give you a heads up. So May 15th, we're going to be doing our next Intro to Antioch. It'll be right after the service. We'll provide some lunch and tell you guys a little bit more about our history, our values our doctrine, and then tell you how you can get connected at Antioch. All right, you guys ready for the message this morning? Oh, I forgot to mention, under your chairs, or most of your chairs, uh, why don't you look right there? Did you see a little booklet under your chair? Can somebody toss me one of those? I forgot to bring one. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Tyler. That was quick. Okay, so um, you might have seen this when you walked in, but this is just a little small booklet of a book, really, the real book called Heaven is like super long. Uh, but this is a little summarized version, and for those of you guys that have been with us the last several weeks, we've been doing this series called Living for Eternity, and talking a lot about heaven and hell and eternity. And and what this is, is like a simplified uh, version of some uh, answers to questions about eternity and about heaven. And I want to highly encourage you guys to read this, because I think it'll... Um, It'll stir some interest, but also it'll kind of debunk some common misconceptions about heaven. We kind of talked about that over the last couple weeks. Anyways, in light of Easter and what we're talking about today, I just thought it would be great to give this to you guys as a gift. So take this home with you and um, read it, and I think you're going to get stirred for um, what life is like in eternity. Um, Now, this morning, we, um, like I just said, we've been doing this series called Living for Eternity, uh, and it's been awesome. It's been rich. And we're kind of taking a break. What we've been doing through this series is going through first and second Peter. Um so we're kind of taking a break from this series, but not really, because I'm preaching from First Peter this morning. All right. So if you got a Bible, turn to First Peter. But what we've been doing is trying to fix our minds and our eyes and our lives and lock it in with eternity. And one of the main premises of this series has been the reality that the life that we have on earth is really so short. It's like this. It's so short compared to eternity. Now, what we do with our 70, 80, 90 years on earth actually matters. It affects what eternity will look like. Uh, but we want to make sure we're not living for this much. We want to be living for this much. <laughs> we're going to be living for eternity, not for something so short and temporary. And so this morning, we are going to take a little bit of a pause, and we're going to focus on um, the resurrection today. It's kind of fitting. It's being, it's Resurrection Sunday, it's Easter, so we're going to focus on this, but the passage I'm preaching from is from 1 Peter. So are you there? If you're at 1 Peter, say, I'm there. Awesome. Well, here is the passage. We're gonna, I'm going to read verse 3 through 5. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Everybody say, living hope. Living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith, For a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Who's thankful that Jesus rose from the dead? Because he has rose from the dead, the Lord has invited us in to a living hope because of his resurrection. We have a living hope, a hope that is alive, a hope that's not dead and dull, but a hope that is living and active. And so this morning, we're gonna be focusing on the hope of the resurrection. The last few years for Easter, we've been talking about different elements of the resurrection. We talked about the reality of the resurrection, the significance of the resurrection. And this morning, we're talking about the hope of the resurrection. Who's ready for some fresh hope this morning? Really, I'm believing that um, as you guys, uh, before you leave, like you are going to be filled with a fresh sense of hope. And not only that, but you're going to learn a little bit about hope and what the Word of God has to say about hope. And I even believe some of us are going to have our hope, I'll say it this way, redirected. Directed in the right way, and God wants to set our hope right so that uh, we are not as disappointed when we are setting our hopes on the wrong things. So we're going to talk about the hope of the resurrection this morning, and here, before I kind of pray and get into the message, I just want to, I'm just thinking about today, and you know, there's probably a whole bunch of things in y'all's minds. Okay, you're just thinking about, maybe you're thinking about this service and the message about to preach, maybe you're thinking about what you're going to do after this service and your plans with family, maybe you're thinking about your work week, whatever you're thinking about, here's what I want to just submit to you is I just ask, by the grace of God, that you would just give the Lord, not just me, but the Lord your attention for the next 20-ish minutes, because I just believe that he has something for everybody this morning, and it's not an accident that any of you guys are here, there's a few new faces, welcome, so glad you guys are here, but I just don't think it's on accident, I think the Lord has something for every single one of us. Some of you have been to like 30 Easter services, some of you 50 Easter services, some of you 20. And a lot of you are about 20 because you're only 20. Uh, but, uh, but man, this message never gets old. There is fresh hope for us today in the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? And I think he's got something for us. Did I say 20 minutes? I meant two hours. But anyways, <laughs> let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, and I thank you that you have given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so, Lord, this morning I ask that you would teach all of us about hope. Would you reignite hope? Lord, would you redirect hope? God, would you establish us as a people that are firm in our hope, and our hope is rightly placed in you? Thank you, Jesus. Have your way this morning. Teach us whatever you want to teach us. Help us be undistracted. Help us fix our minds on you. And we just receive whatever you have today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so let's uh, start by talking about hope, and then I'm going to dive into those three verses that I just read and kind of break them down and, and talk about living hope this morning. So hope, let me give you a quick definition that you can find online. I don't know if this is Webster's or it's it's uh, really the, the Apple app for dictionary. Anyways, here's what it says for hope. As a noun, it's the feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen or used as a verb like I hope for this. or uh, I'm, I'm hoping this happens. It's a want for something to happen or to be the case but that's how we really use the word hope you're like man i hope it doesn't rain today because we have an outdoor event okay or you know or i i hope i get this job okay or i hope whatever you know this is how we use the word but let me give you a little bit of a biblical overview on this just real fast a little overview of how this word is used every time the word hope is used in scripture it is more similar to the word trust everybody say trust So it's more similar to the word trust as opposed to like wanting or desiring something to happen. And also, when the word hope is used, it often implies a period of waiting. We don't like that, actually. (laughs) All of you are saying, "Mm mm-hmm, amen, shaking your head. We don't like that, actually. Biblical hope is an eager expectation of something that's going to happen, and oftentimes it's longer than we want. And this connection between hope and trust, I mean, Old Testament example, Jeremiah 17, 7, I don't have it on the screen, but it's just really clear scripture about the connection here. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. In the New Testament example, and there, there seems to be a, an additional th- couple themes in the New Testament when the word hope is used. And it's talking about two things. One, suffering and trial, but it's also a hope that's directed to not just this life, but a hope in eternity. A great example, Romans 5, 3-5, it, it says that we can glory even in tribulation because it leads to a couple things. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And it says hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So hope is connected to trust. It's connected to a period of waiting. But all of it is directed not in just circumstances. Biblical hope is directed to someone God. And here is, as I kind of thought about it this week, here I'm going to redefine hope, and this is what we're going to be kind of using throughout the rest of this message. Here's a new definition for hope, ready? It's an unwavering confidence. It's on the screen, but it's, it's, hope is an unwavering confidence that God is who He said He is, and He will do what He said He will do. Let me say it again. Hope. Biblical hope is an unwavering confidence that God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do. That is hope. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And let me just comment a little bit on today's climate. Guys, we need hope. We need hope restored. We need hope reignited. We, our, our hope has been shaken lately. Or the things that we have put our hope in in the past have been shaken a little bit lately. We need God to help us. In this generation, in our culture, we need God to help us. I mean, depression rates, anxiety rates are through the roof right now because I'd say a lot of things that we have put our hope in have failed, okay? It could be um, economics. It could be government. It could be just things that we wished would have happened, just unmet expectations. There's a lot of things that have been shaking or at least attempting to shake our hope, but got great news as the people of God who are not living just for things in this world to work out the way that we want it to work out. As the people of God are not just living for myself and my own uh, desires to be fulfilled, but living for him. We, as the people of God, can have an unwavering confidence that God is who he said he is and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. We can be a people of hope. And as I look at this passage in 1 Peter 1... I kinda, I'm going to break it down into kind three different, not really dimensions, but I'd say time frames of hope. And here it is. We have hope for today. Everybody say hope for today. We have hope for tomorrow. Say hope for tomorrow. And we have hope for eternity. Say hope for eternity. So by looking at this passage in 1 Peter, we're going to break these three things down. Hope for today, hope for tomorrow, and hope for eternity. You guys ready? All right, guys, guess what? There is hope for today. Today's a new day. But I want to comment first on what's not up there, and that's yesterday. It's intentionally not there. You know why? You can't have hope for yesterday. Because you can't change yesterday. However, you can change how you see yesterday. And you know what the best day to do that is today. <laughs> Some of you knew where I was going. But think about it the best way or the best time to change your thoughts on your yesterday or your past is today. There is no hope for yesterday because you can't change yesterday, but there is hope today in light of your yesterday. Now, let me unpack this for a little bit because I think a lot of us in this room, myself included, we struggle with things because of our yesterday we have a lack of hope and faith and trust because of something that happened in the yesterday category. And some of us feel weighed down, we feel stuck, and we feel the hope just sucked out of us because of something that is in yesterday. Listen, the reality is you can't change it. Sometimes I wish we could, but in fact, actually, it's better that we can't. Because you know what it does? It makes us have to trust and hope in God today. Let's look at this passage because I think it'll really make a little bit more sense as I read through this. Look at verse three, what we just read. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me pause there. Now, when I think about this hope for today, this living hope for today, what stands out to me about what I just read is this this living hope is according to something. Do you see that? It's according to what? It's according to God's great mercy. The reason that you and I can have hope for today is because God is so merciful. I just want to, I can't express it. He is so, you know how merciful he is? Very merciful. (laughs) I just, I wish I could just give you what I'm feeling. It's, It's so big. His mercy is so vast. Not a single one of us could ever drain the amount of mercy that God has for us. It's unlimited. Forever you're going to be just enthralled with how merciful God has been to you. Woo! His mercy is new today. It's amazing. It's great. It's big. And a lot of us need to realize that His mercy is applied to anything and everything that you've ever done in your past. Or anything and everything that's ever happened to you in your past. His mercy is new today. Specifically, when I want to comment on just the sins of our past. Man, I just would love for none of us to leave here still weighed down by a mistake you made yesterday, or a month ago, or five years ago, or this morning. God has mercy on you of any sin you've ever committed. There is not a single one of you that's ever done something. That is just too far from the mercy of God coming and touching that place. His mercy is great. It's bigger than I know. It's bigger than you know. It's bigger than we've tasted of. His mercy is really, really, really big. The Lord can forgive and wash us clean from anything that we've ever done. But not only our sins, but His mercy has the power also to heal the pain and disappointment of our past. And there's a lot of things that have happened in my life and probably in your life that are painful, that were disappointing. And here's the truth. We have hope today because what the Lord wants to do, not gonna, the past is the past, but today we can receive his healing. His mercy leads to our healing from the pain and the disappointments we've experienced in our past. And all we need to do is just say, Lord, would you, I want to experience your mercy and would you heal the pain of my past? If you ask him that question, he will do it. He will heal you. He is faithful. But just, but just ask him. He'll heal the sting of your past because he is great in his mercy. Today he has mercy. Today he forgives. Today he loves. Today he heals. Today he speaks truth over you. Today you are a delight to him because you're a son or a daughter. His mercy is great over you and over me this morning. Love, and here's what we need to do. We need to receive it. We just need to say thank you, Lord, and I believe it. Even, there's mercy even over your doubt. Like I, I want to believe it, but I kind of doubt it because I, I, I know what I've done. The person on my left and right doesn't know what I've done or what's happened to me. No, 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 no. Even in the midst of your doubt, his, his mercy is greater than your doubt. <laughs> I love this verse, Lamentations 3 22 to 24. I often think about it in the morning. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my, my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. There's a connection between his fresh mercy every day and us hoping in him. It's good news, guys. It's good news. Every single one of us can have that unwavering confidence that God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he'll do today. Today, his mercy is new. Today, if we come to him, he'll forgive, he'll wash, he'll clean, he'll cleanse us, he'll he'll do it all. There is hope for today. Amen? Tell your neighbor there's hope for today. Go ahead and tell him There's hope for today. Let's talk about hope for tomorrow for a second. Hope for tomorrow. Now, what do I mean? I, I literally mean tomorrow, April 18th. But tomorrow is is vast. I'm going to say that what I mean is the future. All right? And here's here's this. And we're going to skip verse 4 for now. We're going to come back to it. But look at verse 5. However, it talks about the inheritance that we get to have because of the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 5, it says, Who by you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So let me just break that down for a second. In the context of hope for tomorrow, you know what God is doing for you right now and what He will do tomorrow and what He will do the rest of your life until the last time. You know what He's going to do or what He's doing? He's guarding you. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you're born again, God is guarding you. And what is He guarding you by? His power. Just like I said, you know how merciful God is? How powerful is God? Very powerful. <laughs> okay. I wish my you know vocabulary was a little more, you know, high, you know, whatever word you could use, some of you can help me out. Was gooder. Gosh, his power. There is nothing more powerful than him. There's nothing more powerful than his power. <laughs> and his power is guarding you tomorrow. And the next day. And any time between now and In either the return of Jesus or until you take your last breath, this verse is true. You are being guarded by God's power. You know what that truth does to me? It gives me hope for tomorrow. (laughs) Here's what tomorrow is. It's the future. You know what the future is? It's the land of unknowns and uncertainty. The future is the place of uncertainty. There's a lot of potential that could happen in tomorrow. There's potential for failure. There's also potential for success. There's potential for disappointment. There's uh, potential for provision. There's potential for health or lack thereof. There's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns out there. But here's the deal. We in the midst of unknowns, because of God's power and because He's guarding us, we can trust Him. And as we look ahead to our future, we can have an unwavering confidence, that God is who he said he is and he's going to do what he said he's going to do we're going to have hope for tomorrow now let me comment on that last phrase about my definition for hope that he will do what he said he's going to do let me comment on that here's a couple of things that he said he will do he will provide he will bless he will sustain us he will lead us he will guide us he will guard us sound right to you it's all over the word of God he'll do these things but here's a key And hoping hoping this is a helpful key that just kind of unlocks something to us. Everything I just said is true. He will provide, He will bless. But we just need to be careful to not tell God what His provision and blessing is supposed to look like in our life. (laughs) Because what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for hope deferred or disappointment. Now, I'm going to tell you guys some unfortunate news. Things in life will not always look like you. You, the way you want them to look like. Things will not always feel the way that you want them to feel. Some of you realize that. Some of you know that. But some of you, you don't like what I just said. <laughs> now, let me give you an example. Let me bring you into my home life. One of our children in particular, really all, all of us in this room and all of my children, but one in particular, my second born, has a little bit of trouble when things don't look like the way he envisioned them to look. Okay, here's a couple examples. He was, we were at a friend's house a couple Saturdays ago, and he was playing cornhole with his brother, and it was time to go, but they weren't finished yet. He had envisioned in his mind that he was going to finish this game and destroy his brother and win by a lot, but unfortunately, he was losing, and it was time to go. So this could be that he struggles with you know things not looking his way, but he's also obsessively competitive and uh, likes to win. Got that from Beth. Anyways... <laughs> And, uh, and he and he threw he threw a little fit threw a little fit went went I mean we had a great time at this this family's house but he just was in a bad mood the rest of the way home okay a couple uh, days later his little sister uh, messes with a sticker that um, he had put on the back of our minivan that I guess he just wanted to to stay there for eternity uh, be, but the little sister messed with it and he saw it he freaked out because it was not what he was envisioning his back seat to look like. And I'm having this conversation with him and, uh, and uh, correcting the, the fit and the, the bad attitude and everything. I'm talking to Micah. Oh, oops, there he is. Micah, second born. <laughs> hey, man, listen. Listen. Things are not always going to look the way that we want them to look. Things are not always going to feel like the way we want them to feel. And we just are not going to throw fits when things don't happen the way we want them to happen. And I had this strange feeling as I was communicating this to him, And I was like, I know someone that struggles with this as well. And I was thinking, I think I've had this conversation with somebody recently. Then it hit me. I am staring at myself. (laughs) I do not like it when things don't go my way. I do not like it when things look different and feel different than the way I had dreamed it up in my visionary mind of how it's going to look and feel. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Micah, you're me. I'm sorry, man. It's my fault. (laughs) Ah. Gosh, I realize we're at the same level of maturity in this area, but I'm 34 and he's 7. Anyway, so he's going to far surpass me, which is what I want. But here's the deal, guys. Though things will not look like we, we want them to look sometimes as we think about our future, like we can still land on trusting God and hoping in God because he is good. He has amazing intentions for us. And he, in the future, in your life, no matter if the circumstances around you look and feel different than you wanted them to, he is still going to be God. And he's not going to change. And he's still going to do the things that he promised he's going to do. He will provide for you. He will bless you. He will be with you. He will guard you. He will protect you. Now, if our life is in our hands, we have a reason to worry. But if our life is in God's hands and by his power he's guarding us, then we have a reason to hope we have a reason to have this unwavering confidence in who God is. We have hope for tomorrow. You have hope for tomorrow. Look at your neighbor again. Say, you have hope for tomorrow. Tell him. All right, last but not least, hope for eternity. One of my favorite things about the hope of the resurrection is that this hope is not a temporary hope. It's not a hope just for this life. It's eternal. It's not just a hope for today or for tomorrow. It is a hope for eternity. Look at verse 4 of 1 Peter 1. After it talks about the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, here's what we're born again to. It says, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So the word inheritance It speaks of something in the future you're going to receive. And then it begins to describe, and it says at the end, it's kept in heaven for you, obviously the place of eternity. But then it gives these three words that describe it. It says this inheritance that you're getting is imperishable, it's undefiled, and it's unfading. Let me break those down just for a second. Imperishable. It means it doesn't perish. It doesn't cease. It's never going to go away. Your hope for eternity is never going to go away. When I think of the word imperishable, I always think of non-perishable items. It's like that can of corn that just is in the back of your pantry that is there for decades. And somehow, when you open it, 23 years later, it's still there and there's nothing, no mold. It's weird. Here's the deal. Your hope for eternity is better than that can of corn, all right? Or green beans or whatever. Hallelujah. Praise God. It doesn't cease. It will remain forever. It's undefiled. It means it's not defiled or it's not, it's not slined by anything impure from the world. It's pure. It's not touched at all by sin. This is your hope in eternity. And then lastly, it's unfading, which means it never gets more dull. It's ever increasing in its glory your hope for eternity, your salvation. You know, you might think that, you know, you you let's say the day comes, you die, you're standing before the Lord and you're just, "Wow, you're just, oh my gosh, this glory is incredible. It's amazing." You might have the thought that, you know, a million years later, it might not be as amazing. But that's not true. Because this hope in eternity is that it's unfading. <laughs> A million years later, a billion years later, you're going to be just as in awe, and I would even submit to you more in awe of the beauty and the majesty of God who spoke the world into existence. You're going to be like, wow, still, how did you do that? <laughs> wow, how are you that merciful to me? I had no idea how much I didn't deserve, but you lavished me with grace. It's unfading. It's unfading. It's undefiled and imperishable. And, and reality is nothing on earth are those things. Everything else will wear away. It will be defiled in some way. It will be, it'll, um, be fading in some way. I mean, your car, you, your body, even your coolness. Sorry, guys. It's like it kind of fades out over time. I've learned that as the older I get. <laughs> but this hope in eternity, this gift of salvation Oh man, it lasts forever, and it even gets better and better, I'll say. Our eternal relationship with the Lord, being with him forever, is this glorious hope for eternity that, that we have. But here's the kicker is everything I just described is for a specific group of people. Verse three says it to those that have been born again. Everybody say born again. To so everything I just described, the, the amazing uh, beauty of the mercy of God today, the great mercy, the amazing gift of hope for tomorrow and being guarded by His power, and this hope for eternity that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for us. It's for those of us that have been born again. And I just think of, when I read this, I was just thinking of my experience of giving my life over to the Lord or my born again experience. And some of you might remember a moment when you know you were born again. Some of you might not remember exactly the moment that you were born again. But here's what matters is that you know today that you're born again. But I just feel led this morning as we're kind of closing things up just to share um, my experience and what it was like in the moment when I said I I need to be born again, and I want to give my life over to Jesus. Let me just share that for a second as we kind of close up. And let me give you – the band, go ahead and come on up. But let me give you a little bit of backdrop. So I grew up going to church my entire life, okay, almost every single Sunday we were there. And so I was very familiar with the things of God. I was familiar with church. I was familiar with the routines. I was familiar with Easter celebrations. I was familiar with some songs, okay. I was really familiar – And if someone would have asked me if I was a Christian, you know what I would have said? Yes, of course. I go to church. In fact, multiple people asked me that, and I was very annoyed. I said, yes, I go to church. (laughs) I'm a Christian. If someone would have said, you know, do you believe in God? I would have said, yes. Uh, Even if they would have said, do you believe that Jesus, like, died on the cross and rose from the dead? I would have said, yes, to all those things. Yet, there is a massive disconnect. Where I had a mental assent that I agreed with these things, but there was something wrong. I didn't know God. So far, so distant from Him. And here's the short version of the story. A uh, friend of mine, my girlfriend at the time, bugged me enough to come to church service. And I walk in, and uh, the people there, it was a different church that she was going to. The people there looked like they were happy. Looked like they were excited to be there. And I was like, what's wrong with you people? It's church stop smiling. (laughs) That was my (laughs) perspective then, okay? And some of you might have walked in and be like, why are you guys so happy? Why are you so loud? What are you doing with your hands up? What are you trying to touch? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you some of you on your knees? Is it up or is it down? We don't know, you know. And listen, I mean, yeah, we, we're, we're excited to be here. <laughs> we're thankful for the resurrection of Jesus. But I had this thought as I walked in and saw this environment for the first time. I was like, this is weird, but what's going on here? And as I listened to the message, you know, for the first time ever, I felt like I was just actually understanding what the guy was saying. And then he gets to the end of the, his message, and it, he just talked a little bit. I mean, just for a few seconds about eternity, about heaven and about hell. And he just what I remember that struck my heart was if you're unsure where you're going in eternity, we want to we see that change today. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, snap. I am unsure of what my eternity will look like. I could check all the boxes with what I say I believe and who I say I am, but I know there is a massive disconnect, and I am unsure of what my eternity will look like. I didn't have a hope for eternity. And he just simply unpacked the gospel, and it just it clicked for the first time of Jesus dying on the cross and him raising from the dead. It clicked for the first time of what on earth that had to do with me. And I realized, oh, my gosh, God made me. He wants relationship with me, but my sin separated me from God, and that's why I feel this disconnect. My sin separates me from God, and the only way that that separation is brought back together is, is through some sort of reconciliation. And I realized I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't, I couldn't be good enough. I couldn't go to church enough. I couldn't try hard enough. But I realized that him, Jesus, dying on the cross and raising from the dead was the answer and the solution, the reconciliation that could break that separation and bring me back to God. And all that he asks us to do is to trust him, to believe him, to put our hope in him, to put our faith in him. It says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And just something clicked that, that day. And it was one of those settings at this church service where the pastor said, hey, everybody close your eyes and pretty much raise your hand if you just are unsure where you're going to spend eternity. You want to make that right. You want to give your life over to Jesus today. And thankfully, he asked twice. The first time, my heart was pounding. I knew knew he was talking to me. (laughs) For whatever reason, because of fear or whatever, I didn't raise my hand the first time. But he said, just one more time. Anybody else? Anybody else? And I was like, (laughs) I'm so thankful for that. (laughs) Because... That day marked me, and that was when I was born again (laughs) into a living hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. On that day, it it was a marking of a new beginning, of a fresh start. I'm a much different person than I used to be, not because I've tried to stop doing all the bad things. It's because the Spirit of God inhabited me, and He began to teach me what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord what it means to talk to him, what it means to engage with him, not reading a textbook, but reading the holy words of the living God. And it came alive in my soul. And then the things of this world that I used to keep doing just stopped being so appealing to me. The Lord, he, he gave me a new birth. He saved me. And I'm so thankful. And this morning, you know, I don't know where all of you guys are at know a lot of you in this room some of you i don't know but we're all on different ends of spectrums but i just have a feeling that in this room there's some of us that you know if you're honest you're still unsure what eternity looks like even if you've been coming to this church for the last three years you still maybe have that sense of uncertainty in your heart about what does eternity look like for you and i just feel like the lord wants to solve that today and just give you an opportunity to say lord i trust you lord i am yours god i give my life to you and some of you You've prayed a prayer before. You know you even had a moment similar, but you know lately, whether that's the last few weeks, months, or years, you have just been slowly but surely just kind of falling back, falling away. Today is mercy is new, and it is available for you, and today can be a fresh start, and I would, I would hate for any of us to miss it. So why don't you do this. Let's close our eyes together. We're about to worship, but just, just close your eyes for a second, and I just want to take you to this place of responding to Jesus. And I'm going to ask two questions and just try your best to answer honestly. Actually, I'm going to ask three. And just think about this honestly between you and the Lord. If you are here this morning and you are unsure about what your eternity will look like, and you want to make that sure today by putting your faith in the finished work of the cross and what Jesus did for you through his death and through his resurrection, then today is your day. He loves you and he's here and he sees you and knows exactly what's going on in your heart right now and he's extending an invitation to come to know him and to experience his great mercy. So if that's you this morning and you want to make that sure and you want to make that decision, will you just right now, boldly, just lift your hand up. Just lift it up and say, look, that's me. I want to say yes. I want to say yes to him. I want my eternity to be sure. I give you my life, Jesus. I see a couple of hands. You can put your hands down. Let me ask another question. Keep your eyes closed if you don't mind. If you're here this morning and you just know that, you know, I I prayed the prayer. I think I understand salvation and I'm pretty confident I'm going to go to heaven one day. But you know that just lately, the last few days, weeks, months, or years, you've just been kind of slipping back into old ways. And you want to start fresh today. You want to experience this fresh mercy. You want to start going the other direction, towards him. Not away from him, but towards him. You know he's wooing you. You know he's better But for whatever reason, you've been distracted lately. And if you want to just start fresh today, will you just boldly right now, shoot up your hand and say, I want to start over. I want to have a fresh start today in my walk with Jesus. I want to be going the right direction. Just shoot up your hand, boldly. See a couple hands. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands down. And lastly, third question, and it's about hope. Again, I just feel like the Lord wants to redirect some hope this morning. If you know you've been kind of putting your hope in just things going the way that you want them to go, you've been putting your hope and desires and different things of this world, and you want to redirect your hope into God, into His faithfulness, and Him being who He said He is, and doing what He said He's going to do. And you just feel like this need. I want to redirect my hope this morning. Will you just boldly shoot up your hand right now and just lift it up real high? So I want to put my hope directly in you, God. Not in the things of this world. Not in money. Not in fame. Not in things working my way. Not in every door opening. But my faith and my hope is in you, Jesus you can put your hands down I want to pray for us so just wherever you land just receive this prayer Lord Jesus for those that said I want to start fresh I want to give my life over to you for the first time Lord I pray right now in Jesus name Lord that you would reveal how much you love how much you see how much you care for those individuals and that what you did on the cross and through your resurrection really matters to them so thank you Lord for a new life today for being born again today for a certainty and a confidence in what eternity will look like being with you forever and father for those that want to start fresh and stop falling and going the wrong direction but torn towards you lord i thank you for a fresh start your mercies are new today they are new this morning and so thank you lord for fresh hope and fresh mercy upon our hearts today and those of us that want to redirect our hope god would you help us <laughs> would you help us lift our eyes to you, put our hope in you, our confidence in you, that you are who you say you are, and you're going to do what you said you're going to do. This is where our hope lies. Life might not look exactly like we want it to look, but Lord, our hope is in you. You're faithful, God. So thank you for restoring and redirecting our hope today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to have our life group leaders in our um, some of our staff come forward and what we like to do if you're new here is just close out the service by responding to what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of us. So uh, several people raised their hands this morning and just want to encourage you take take another step of boldness and receive some prayer this morning. Uh, The world out there is too difficult to try to redirect your hope or follow Jesus or get a fresh start by yourself. We need the help of other believers, other people that are on the same journey. And so I want to encourage you to be bold. Just elbow the person in your way and say, excuse me, I need to come get some prayer because, you know, this matters more than what you think about me as I go down to receive some prayer. But if you're, if you're experiencing any sort of need for fresh hope, if there's some pain and disappointment of the past that you want the Lord to heal, come receive some prayer this morning. I just feel like the Lord's going to reignite some hope. All right? So the band's going to lead us in a song again, but you guys come receive some prayer. If you don't want prayer, just keep worshiping where you are and thank the Lord for his hope. Go get some prayer.